The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio, part of your SB Nation family of podcasts. Please like, share, and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts across the Big Blue View Radio network. All right, your New York Giants were quiet on Tuesday as the NFL trade deadline passed after making a big splash move on Monday when they sent defensive tackle Leonard Williams to the Seattle Seahawks for a second round pick in 2024 and a fifth round pick in 2025. If you noticed on Tuesday, the Washington Commanders traded Montez Sweat, getting back a third round pick, and traded Chase Young to the San Francisco 49ers. I Actually, I think they got a second-round pick for Sweat, and I think that the the Commanders got a third-round pick for Chase Young. So it tells you that the Giants got a good return for Leonard Williams. They got an outstanding return for Williams. We talked about that on the podcast yesterday as well. But what I really want to do today is not focus on the Williams trade. What I want to focus on is the second half of the season for your New York Giants. Obviously, the first half of the season, disappointing 2-6 and six record, injury-filled mess of, of an offense for the Giants' injuries to Daniel Jones that cost him basically three and a half games, injuries to several of the offensive linemen, including star left tackle Andrew Thomas, injury to Saquon Barkley that cost him, I believe it was three games. Just the the offense in particular has been a real mess because of, uh, largely because of those injuries, because of poor offensive line play, because of, of some poor quarterback play last Sunday against the Jets, losing Tyrod Taylor, and having to go with the undrafted rookie free agent Tommy DeVito, which a game that basically turned into a handoff fest where the Giants simply tried to ride Saquon Barkley to victory and and really came within a yard of, of doing just that. Get that first down on fourth and one in the final uh, 28 seconds, and, and they walk off the field. But they chose to try the field goal. They missed. 
The Jets drove down the field, tied it up, won the game in overtime. And, uh, you know, we can argue about that decision, uh, which I think we've already done at Big Blue View quite a bit. So that's not really the focus of today's show either. But as I said, what I really want to do today is focus on the next nine games. What I want to do is focus on the second half of the season. Now, look, at two and six, it's not realistic to think that the Giants are going to make the playoffs. They have... They have a game coming up in a couple of weeks against the Dallas Cowboys. They still have to play the Philadelphia Eagles twice. It's not realistic to think that the Giants can go, let's say, 7-2 and two over the last nine games, get to nine wins, and have a shot at making the playoffs. But that doesn't mean that these last nine games are not important for the New York Giants. I think these next nine games are incredibly important for the Giants when you look at the future of the franchise, when you look at what they need to do, when you look at what positions they'll need to address in the offseason and many of the offseason decisions that, that they're going to have to make. Obviously, one of those big decisions involves whether or not to, to give Saquon Barkley a a long-term contract. But again, I want to focus on, on five other decisions that I think the Giants have to look at in the offseason and really how the next nine games might play into those five decisions or into those five decisions. So let's get into that right now. Decision number one is what to do about quarterback. It looks like the Giants are heading toward a top 10 pick, maybe a top five pick in the 2024 NFL draft. If the draft were held today, the Giants would have the number three overall pick. The trade of Leonard Williams would also give them two second round picks and the 69th overall pick. So they would have picks three, 35, 61, and 69. So they could be in position to maneuver for a quarterback if their actual first round draft slot doesn't put them in position to get the quarterback that they that they want if they decide they want a quarterback and i believe that the next 9 games will have a lot to do with whether or not the giants ultimately decide to go in the direction of drafting a quarterback next april Listen, I know that there's there's a lot of evidence already regarding Daniel Jones. There were three seasons before Joe Shane and, and Brian Dable came on board with mixed results. There was a good 2022 season that that convinced the Giants to give Jones a four-year $160 million contract with those first two years guaranteed, 80 or $81 million total guaranteed money. But Right now, I have always looked at that contract as a two-year prove-it deal. And right now, between the way that the Giants played in the first four and a half games with Jones behind center, the way that Jones played, the situation that the Giants are in with one more year after this year left on Jones' contract in terms of guaranteed money, right now, the Giants absolutely have to be considering the idea that they might be in the quarterback market in the 2024 NFL draft. 
I think the next nine games are crucial to that decision and whether or not they ultimately decide to go in that direction. You can make the argument, and I think it's a valid argument, that that Jones hasn't really had an opportunity this season to show what the Giants had hoped he would show. Week one against, against Dallas, the Giants were simply overwhelmed. Andrew Thomas got hurt, played through, you know, played through an injury. That game was 16 to nothing in the blink of an eye, and then 26 to nothing at halftime. And I think the uh, the Giants were shell shocked. But uh, but the last time we saw Jones and Daniel Jones and, and Saquon Barkley play together, we saw the Giants post 31 points in the second half against the Arizona Cardinals in a come from behind victory. I think that Jones with Barkley with a more settled offensive line hopefully this week with Andrew Thomas back at left tackle with Evan Neal back at right tackle with Justin Pugh inside at guard where he belongs if all of these players are able to play this week John Michael Schmitz is back at center played last week against the Jets after missing three straight games with a shoulder injury this would be the most settled that the Giants offensive line has been all season. I think the Giants really need to see and really want to see how well they function on offense with Jones, Barkley, a settled, at least functional offensive line on a week-to-week basis with Wandale Robinson healthy and productive, with Jalen Hyatt getting more snaps, hopefully with Darren Waller able to play. Waller, of course, left last week's game with a hamstring injury. But if the offensive tackles are able to play, you've got Jones, you've got Barkley. This is really the healthiest, the most complete that the Giants offense would be really since the season started. So I think Jones deserves that opportunity And I think the Giants really want to see what happens with him getting that opportunity over the the remaining part of the schedule. And look, if it goes well, if the Giants are a middle-of-the-pack offense, if they're functional, if they show some big playability, if they show the ability to be explosive, if Jones plays better than he did in the first few games when he was simply swarmed by, by the pass rush with a a makeshift offensive line that was changing on a week-to-week basis. If if that's what we see, then we know that the Giants have to move on. But if we see functional offense, if we see those big plays, if we see Jones play some good football, if we see the Giants score a representative number of points, maybe middle of the pack, you know, among offenses the, the rest of the season. I mean, I'm not, a, you can't expect the Giants averaging less than 12 points a game right now. You can't expect them to turn into a juggernaut overnight, but I think you need to see the potential for the Giants to get where they want to go on offense. If they don't see it with Jones, then I think quarterback is absolutely in play. So we'll see what happens. I think these next nine games are absolutely critical to the future of the franchise, because when you talk about taking quarterback early in the draft, that's a franchise-changing decision, as the Giants' decision to draft Daniel Daniel Jones was back in uh, 
back in, in 2019. It defined the last five seasons for the Giants, and we still don't know exactly you know, exactly how that's all going to turn out. We'll see if, uh, if they decide to move on after this season. But it, again, those next nine games, I think, are critical to the decision that the Giants ultimately will have to make. Second thing that I wanted to talk about involves that offensive line. And directly, most directly, at least, it involves the future of Evan Neal. Oft criticized, struggled last year, has struggled for most of this year, missed the last two games with an ankle injury. But this is a player the Giants drafted number seven overall in 2022. They drafted him to be their right tackle thinking that he had the ability to be that you know, for the foreseeable future. It hasn't worked out that way so far. Situation that the Giants are in, I don't believe that it's time to give up on the idea that he can be that. I think it's time, hopefully, to get him back into the lineup if he's healthy, get him out there, hopefully with Andrew Thomas across from him, hopefully in a situation where the Giants can can scheme their offensive line the way that they want to, leaving Andrew Thomas to his own devices, leaving him one-on-one with the Max Crosbys and the other top-tier pass rushers of the NFL world, and in a situation where they can slide protection toward Evan Neal and help him out when, uh, when need be. So what I really think is that that the Giants need to look at these last nine games, give Evan Neal this opportunity for the next few weeks to show whether or not the improvement that the Giants have been looking for, the improvement that they need to see, whether or not that's going to come or whether or not they need to to seriously think about the idea of moving Neil inside to guard for the 2024 season, maybe even for the last couple of games of, of this season, and then look into the, the 2024 draft or 2024 free agency for an answer at right tackle. So that's another major decision that the Giants are facing. And again, that shapes how they use their resources going into next offseason. So the uh, the performance of Evan Neal is going to be critical. Also, the uh, perhaps when you look at the guard spots, the performance of guys like like veterans Mark Lewinsky and Justin Pugh, who don't have contracts for next year. Ben Bredesen doesn't have a contract for next year. Which out of that group of guys, the the second year te- uh, second year guard Marcus McKethan is is in that group as well. McKethan obviously has a contract for next year, still on his rookie deal. Josh Azudu's on IR, but you, especially with those veteran guys. Which players do you want to keep? Which guys are you counting on to be in your starting lineup next season? Which guys are you looking at as potential depth? Which guys are you looking at as players you think you're going to move on from? So I think that that figuring out that offensive line going forward, it starts with Evan Neal. Is he going to be the right tackle? Is he going to move into guard? 
it starts with Evan Neal, but it also involves some of those veteran interior players as well. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, a third decision that the Giants have to make really involves a pair of defensive backs. The Giants did not trade veteran cornerback Adoree Jackson at the deadline. A lot of speculation that they might do that. They also chose to hang on to uh, to to young safety Xavier McKinney at the trade deadline. And, and we need to, to focus on these two guys at the back end of the Giants defense because both of these players are in the last years of their contract. Jackson in the last year of the free agent contract that he signed when Dave Gettleman was still the Giants general manager. McKinney in the last year of his rookie deal after being a second round pick by the Giants back in 2020. And the the future for both of those guys as members of the Giants is cloudy. Jackson, because he's he's approaching 30 years of age, because he's a veteran cornerback who's who's not going to come cheap if he wants to come back to the Giants. McKinney, because by and large, McKinney's four years as a member of the Giants after being a second round pick after being a guy that that the giants you know went went out and got in the draft mckinney's four seasons have at least in my view mostly been a disappointment in three plus seasons i look at mckinney and i think the only real impact season he had was his second year it's the only full season he played he had five interceptions that year but if you look at it, he missed half of his rookie season with injuries. He missed half of his third season because of the the unfortunate self-inflicted hand injury that he suffered uh, while, while in Cabo during a bye week. Last year, he wasn't really an impact player even when he was on the field. This year, he's been mostly invisible at the back end of the Giants' defense. Hasn't really been the player that the Giants hoped he would be. And if he wants a big money long-term contract to stay, that needs to change in the second half of the season. As for Adoree Jackson, you're looking at a situation where the Giants have 
several other young cornerbacks. Deontay Banks, who has really become the Giants' de facto number one corner, first-round pick out of Maryland. Cordale Flott has second-year cornerback out of LSU, third-round pick in 2022, has become the team's slot corner. They have Trey Hawkins, the third, sixth-round pick out of Old Dominion, basically playing as their fourth cornerback right now. And I think they need to make a decision about a Dory Jackson as to whether or not they're going to pay him, whether or not they're going to keep him in the off, you know, for, for next season. And I think that how he plays the remaining nine games will have a lot to do with that. Jackson hasn't had a great first half of, of the of the season. Maybe that has something to do with the fact that he has kind of flip-flopped between between slot and outside corner. I don't know if that has impacted him at all, but it may have. So I think Jackson really needs to have an impactful second half of the season to convince the Giants to keep him going forward after uh, you know after this season. Another decision that the Giants have to make is really how high a priority the defensive line is going to be. Obviously, the Giants traded Leonard Williams to the Seattle Seahawks this week. Obviously, that leaves Dexter Lawrence as the the one big-time defensive lineman that they have. They have a couple of other veteran sort of stopgap guys, A. Sean Robinson, Rakeem Nunez-Roches, who are who are are good depth pieces, you know, good players have had nice careers, but you know, they're not long-term answers for the Giants at, at those spots. A year ago, the Giants drafted DJ Davidson in the fifth round, and Davidson has shown flashes of being a nice player. The other guy that that everyone is curious about is seventh round pick Jordan Riley, who was who was a beast during the summer, a beast in the preseason has had very few opportunities so far in the regular season with defensive line coach Andre Patterson saying that Riley still has a lot to learn, that Riley will eventually get his chance to be an impact player, that that the Giants think that sitting and learning and taking reps is has been the best path for Riley up to this point. But with Williams now in Seattle – Perhaps regular snaps are on the horizon for Jordan Riley. So I think that really what the Giants need to do is get guys like Riley, get guys like Davidson into the rotation, get them a healthy number of snaps, maybe get Ryder Anderson, who's on the practice squad, a healthy number of snaps to see just how high of a priority adding another defensive tackle, adding an impact defensive tackle has to be during uh, during the 2024 off season. The the final decision really that I that I want to discuss I I listed this under wide receiver but it's really the playmaker decision. How many more playmakers? How aggressively do the Giants need to pursue more true playmakers on the offensive side of the ball. Obviously, they have Saquon Barkley. Obviously, they have Darren Waller, and we're seeing with the Darren Waller experience 
He's got the hamstring injury again. We're seeing that there's there are pros and cons. There are risks with Darren Waller because of of the health of of his hamstring because of his injury history. So you can't count on Darren Waller to be that thousand yard receiver that he was for a couple of years with the Vegas Raiders. Really good player when he's healthy, but 31 years old now with an injury history with a concerning hamstring that has to be monitored and and seems like it it occasionally is going to cost him to miss time. So the Giants still have Saquon Barkley, and as I said at the top of the show, they have a decision to make with Barkley as well, although that's not the focus of our show today. I would assume that Barkley, unless he forces his way out of out of New York, is going to be a Giant next season. But what the Giants need to decide is, do they have enough at wide receiver with Darius Slayton, with Wandale Robinson, with Jalen Hyatt? Do they have enough at tight end with Waller and in and, and the way that they use Daniel Bellinger as primarily a blocking tight end? Do they believe that Eric Gray, fifth round pick this past spring, can really be a part of their offensive backfield? They really didn't give him very many opportunities before he went on IR. So really, I think that the Giants, especially at the receiver spots, will be looking at the production of guys like like Robinson, Hyatt, Slayton, maybe Isaiah Hodgins, whose playing time has been limited lately, and see just how aggressively they need to pursue more playmakers, perhaps need to need to pursue a true number one wide receiver next off season. So to, to wrap it up, lots of decisions that the Giants have to make this off season. And for me, in a lot of areas, the next nine games are really important in terms of, of setting the stage for those decisions in terms of, of figuring out what they actually have and what they need to go get during the the upcoming offseason. So we'll see how those next nine games play out. Giants fans, please stay with us at BigBlueView.com for all of your New York Giants needs. Check us out on Instagram, on Facebook, on on X, at BigBlueView, pretty much uh, anywhere you you look for for Giants information, uh, we have some for you. So as always, Thank you for listening. Please stay safe out there. Take care of each other, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.